You're listening to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and tonight I'm joined by Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. Good evening, Nathan. Hey, Roy. How are we getting on? Wonderful. I, say, I, always, I always start these shows with a little giggle listening to that theme song. It gets me every week, I know we, all, we always say we, we're trying to be like, you know, um, a top-tier podcast, but uh, we already have the theme song down. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, probably, it's always a good way to start the show. It's probably the best part, in all fairness. Okay. <laughs> really putting ourselves down. This week, listen, the League of Ireland clubs who have dreams of a good run in Europe and great European nights found out who their opposition where how kind was the draw for them Nathan yeah um, look I think on paper it was kind enough like we, we I'm looking at the, at the teams here when there's nobody like an understand football manager player so I know a lot of little obscure teams around the world and even some of these are catching me out so on paper it's a kind enough draw look and even travelling wise there's nothing too major you know like there's nobody playing in the back end of Iceland there's nobody playing out and Kazakhstan or Azerbaijan or anything like that, you know, because I know from my own experience, past we're unlucky with some draws. We got we we went some distance in, in, in the past couple of years. So yeah, look, on paper it's not too bad. So look, this could be some decent teams, you know. But we know a lot of European teams have good te- technical footballers, so could be some tough tasks for some of the lads. But yeah. It's, we have to wait and see, really, won't we? Yeah, Dundalk have uh, Selja supposed to be on next Wednesday, and Vinnie Pert was asked about his thoughts on the draw. Um, I suppose two big games this week, but we just talked about the European draw first, first and foremost. Um, obviously, we can't look past Selja, but potentially a, a home draw in the second round. What's your thoughts overall about it? Yeah, look, um, no matter what you come against in, in Europe, as was proved last year when we got Riga, people thought we had a handy draw. Um, far from it. Every draw is going to be difficult. Um, there is one or two small draws that, that can go your way, but, but 99% of the time you're playing difficult t- teams. So it's a difficult team. Um, but at the same time, it's not a team that we'll overly fear. We'll respect them. Uh, we'll, we'll do our homework on them as normal. Uh, but... Um, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a draw, and we've got to get on with it. And, and we're comfortable that we have the firepower to, to do well in Europe this year. Albeit, yeah. um, you know, it hasn't been good enough for us from the last week or two. But we think we've firepower for Europe, and we're starting to see people back in the training ground today, which, you know, um, is massive for us. McElhenney and Murray, Hoare back on the training ground is, is uh, Leahy is huge for us, huge injection into the group. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be played in the neutral venue in, in Budapest, which sort of takes a bit of the, the sting of travelling to an away, away venue out of it. Yeah, it does. Um, the weather will be quite warm as well. It'll be, I was looking at it yesterday, it was 31, 32 degrees there yesterday. So, um, uh, listen, um, there's no doubt that the, the, the neutral venue is, is an advantage because it's a one legged fair, so we're not away from home. So. That's a positive. Um, so there is positives in the draw, and um, as I said, we're comfortable with, with it. This this team, um, you know, really relish European football. It's something we're looking forward to, and um, I think I think we're 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 we're, uh, we're really looking forward to that tie next week. Yeah, the, the one thing it's the f- their first time in the Champions League, and when you consider the experience this group that we have here over the last six years, yeah. hopefully that counts for something. Yeah, it does. There's a lot of experienced players in 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 our group, and we've had 
close on 40 European ties at this stage in the last seven, eight years. I've had uh, as well as a coach and as a manager. So um, experience is there. It gives us a real sort of insight in, into what's ahead of us and how to prepare properly. So it's, we're not going into the unknown. So, uh, but ultimately, it only matters what we do on the pitch. And if we bring our A game, um, which we haven't done in the last week or two, uh, we'd be right there, thereabouts. Yeah, the, f- the fact we could have a home draw then in the second round, that's a, it's a massive no, incentive. Uh, yeah, I don't even think about that. No, it's an incentive. There's no doubt about it. There's an incentive. We want to progress. That's an incentive. But what we focus on is we focus on one game at a time and, um, and not look too far ahead. Yeah. You say one game at a time. There's obviously two games before we even we have to yeah. look at Selja. Two big games, especially the cup in the morning. Need, no, need to they're, get... they're, they're, they're not big games for any other reason other than there are next games and... Um, we, you know, we've got to get ready uh, for next week. Mm. We've got to use this week to be ready for next week. Ultimately, we're judged around Champions League. I'm judged around Champions League, uh, so we've got to use them to get ready for that. No, be it the result will look after itself. If we're, if we're playing to uh, close to European standard this week against Waterford, the result will look after itself, and and that's what we've got to focus on: getting a performance back, confidence back in the group, and building momentum uh, block by block. And um, we've been here before um, for many times and um, sometimes people look back with rose-tinted glasses but hasn't always gone foot perfect in Dundalk and as an assistant and as a manager I've experienced both of them and it's time we, we just got back and do got back to work playing like Dundalk again and playing with a bit more confidence. Yeah, it's very interesting there, Nathan, that Vinnie Peart states he's been judged on his European ties. There must be a bit of pressure from the top, uh, from above him to progress in the Champions League. There must be, you know, um, at this stage, because even like, like, we'd imagine, like when the way things are going at the moment, Dundalk might not win the league. But even when they were like win the league in the last season and for the past number of years, we always thought, like, God, this Dundalk team could be the next League of Ireland team to break into, uh, into possibly even the group stage of, of the European competition. And it just really hasn't quite worked out. He went on some decent uh, qualifying runs, but nothing like. Like, really, like it wasn't that long ago when Shamrock Rovers got into the, the group stage of the Europa League playing the top like, playing sides like PAOK and Tottenham on that run so there must be a bit of pressure where they look and say well look we've as great as it is we've won the league we've won the cup now let's do what a lot of Irish teams haven't done and really push on and really see if we can get into the group stages of a major European competition because it'd be great for the whole league really and it'd be a serious uh, feather in the cap of, of Dundalk and experience fed on the cap for Vinnie Perk as a Dundalk manager. He could always look back and say, like, as good as the job Stephen Kenny done, I was the one that got them into a group stage of um, a major European competition, whether that be the Champions League or the Europa League. Yeah, um, if he doesn't win the league, which is looking highly likely, and doesn't get a run in Europe, will he be under pressure and to keep his job at the end of the year? You know what, this is a question that uh, I was actually asked this by somebody uh, about a week ago and I said, no, no, of course I won't be under pressure. Like, he's only only new and he's only gone in. But, and even his first full season at, at the club, he won the league and he'd be okay. But now that like, you think about it, I'm seeing people talking about it on, in the like, online fan forums and group pages, like... It, like it could be under a bit of pressure. Like, there's, there's all oh, this talk that all isn't really rosy. In Dundalk, like the way it has been for the past like number of years, like yes, he's Vinny Perth has brought success to the club. He, he certainly has. But I think if you look now, it's tough. You have three big personalities and three big different voices in that dressing room. 
uh, with Vinnie Parrott, Alan Reynolds and John Gill. So you wonder like how would he, how's that dynamic walking? Is Vinnie the main voice in that dressing room? And even like with Alan Reynolds coming in, like that could be a possible successor waiting in the wings because like we are we, we know how good Alan Reynolds is as a manager, like I'm a big fan. And I think he could easily manage any Premier Division um, side in the League of Ireland, even Dundalk. So, like, he could be under a bit of pressure, like, and the way things are going in the league, like, Shamrock Rovers look untouchable at the minute, like, so, like, Dundalk wouldn't want, won't want to lose the, lose the league title by a big, uh, big margin of points. So, yeah, like, the only thing that could happen, like, Vinnie Paird could possibly be under some sort of pressure come the end of the season. Yeah, and preparations for Dundalk's Champions League tie with Selger next Wednesday have been disrupted after the start of the football season. Slovenia was delayed by 10 days due to COVID-19 scares. Selger were due to begin their campaign tomorrow night and play another match on Saturday before next week's encounter with Dundalk in Hungary with the fixture moved there as Slovenia is not on the green list. So... To be seen if they if they get to play that game now at the moment, and uh, I think this is something Nathan, even in our own league, and you're seeing where Ireland has gone into lockdown in three counties, and we could be there could be a lot of disruptions in football over the next six months. Yeah, there certainly could be. Like we've we've had a little scare of ourselves the past past week with the whole situation that happened at at Waterford. Like what we're hoping that that's just a once-off, but it may not be. Like this, this virus, like you now, it's affecting everything, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. We all know this. If we listen to the news for more than like a minute, like we know it's not going away anywhere. But there could be some serious disruptions in the next six months, and this is just showing that it's it's all over Europe. Like you know, like thankfully the waterfall situation, uh, everything came back negative. But look, this, it could it could easily happen again, and. It's just, it's just worrying signs for everybody. You know, like they're trying to enjoy the league being back, and they're trying to enjoy the football and being back as a fan. But with COVID nineteen, could wear a ugly head any minute, couldn't it? We we know how bad it gets. Yeah, and we were hoping that we were hoping that the league uh, may have got permission to get up to five hundred fans into the stadiums. That has been denied, of course, with everything that went on. So, yes, that we're hoping down the line that at some stage that we'll be able to get fans back in. Uh, but it's not looking like it's going to be any time soon. Now, the league last weekend saw some very interesting results. For one, St. Pat's Athletic actually won a game. Nathan, uh, talk to us about that game. Yeah. Um... I was down there myself. I was um, as, a, as a volunteer of the club. Um, look, yeah, I find the path to be Finn Harps at home. I did. Um, it wasn't the most optimistic performance, I have to say. I think it was more down to a, to a poor Finn Harps side. It's, it's like Pats looked a little bit leggy still. The, um, like even set, like they went, they came at the second half, two and a look. It was like. I thought they could have went for the kill. They could have maybe got another goal or two, but they sort of wrestled on the laws a little bit. I don't remember anything too major happening in the second half. Um, look, some positive you can take away from it is Georgie Kelly getting off the mark for the club. Like, I, I wasn't, I, I sort of felt bad for him a little bit when he made his debut against Derry. I thought like he looked just isolated up top. He looked frustrated through the whole game. His body language, even when he came off the field, he knew that wasn't the way he wanted to start his same path career. So it was good to see him getting off the mark with two decent goals, and um, that's going to be the main positive we take away from it. But I was like, in hell, as we've seen, um, 
once again, like you now, like you have one high and Pat's, I'm sure we get on to it in the FGI Cup, was knocked out by Finn Harps. Um, yeah, it was it's, it's disappointing, but look, decent win against them in the league on Friday. Um, hopefully, now we just push on and get some sort of consistency together, not only with the results, but with the starting 11, because there's been a lot of chopping and changing with the starting 11 and the formation and the style of play. So, yeah, it's a confusing time. It's hard to tell how things are going to go with any past this season. Yeah, uh, Georgie Kelly talked to our man Jared Mulrini about his appearances for St. Pat's so far. Can I get your reaction first from the last night's win against Finn Harps or Friday night's win against Finn Harps? Um, yeah, it was a good win we needed. It was a must win game for us. Um, you know, bouncing back from, from a, a poor performance against Derry, we were, um, you know, we were, we were really low after that game um, because we felt like the scoreline didn't really done us no favours like we shouldn't get beat at home by Derry 2-0 um, so we were devastated so the, the key the key was to bounce back and get three points and, and thankfully then we done that yeah yeah you scored two goals Georgie you must be absolutely delighted with your own performance ah uh, yeah probably should have got a hat to be honest I would have been a bit more then um, but yeah it was, it was, it was nice to get the first the first goal when you, you know when you sign for the clubs I was Always the hardest to get, so they say, you know. So, yeah, listeners, the to get us up and running, yeah. Yeah, and in the game against um, Derry on Monday night, you looked very frustrated. Now, whether that was just because you were trying too hard to kind of score your first goal for Pats and make a very good impression, or was it just a case that um, you were still trying to fi- figure out ways to play with yourself up top? Um, yeah, we were. I was kind of, it was probably a bit of both to be honest, or I was, you know, it's, it takes a while to gel to get used to players and um, you know to get used to little patterns that that, that, that certain players are used to you know used to developing. Um, but um, and also then I started I was a little bit of fitness wise that game. Um, mm. I felt like I started to pass out with Cranbrook in the 60th minute. But um, yeah, that was just kind of a We weren't creating chances. We weren't getting you know we weren't getting balls in the box. Um, so it was probably a little bit of both that night. Yeah, um, just wasn't a good night all round for us. Um, as a whole mm. but um, as you say look we, we turned it around against Harps it was, it was a much better performance and um, what did Stephen O'Donnell say to you when you signed on knowing that he wanted what did he want from you during the loan spell um, he just he, he realised that I needed I needed games and I needed to just enjoy these next couple of months because you know the last 18 months at, at Dundalk hadn't been you know very enjoyable for me um, so he just seen it as an opportunity for me for me to come and play and hopefully trip on me a few goals for me um, and he felt like I, I would suit the system that, that he wanted to play um, so that's kind of what he sold to me and um, I think he's I think he's right I think I can I think I can hopefully push on there and do well over the next, the next few months here yeah and was it important the fact that you had played with Stephen and also Robbie Benson and you, you knew a couple of players going to the club was that important for you? Um, it's, it's not a massive thing, but it, it was a factor. It, it definitely was a factor. Um, uh, I know I knew Stephen, and, and you know I know what Stephen's about, and, and how um, tactically aware he is. Um, and then I, I, I knew Robbie, lived with Robbie for a while, and I would be good friends with Robbie. So, and I obviously spoke to Robbie before I came, and he had nothing but great things to say about about everything that was going on, how Stephen was around the club, and the direction that he thinks they're going in the next, uh, you know, in the next couple of years. So. It was, it was definitely a factor and definitely a pull for me. Yeah, yeah they, uh, he started off well, Nathan. He's, as you said, isolated in the first game. Second game, he's got his two goals, looked sharp and uh, certainly with his finishing. 
Uh, is it possible that Shamrock Rovers and their playing this weekend could be uh, St. Pat's could take points off them? Um, look, my heart says yes. <laughs> it really does. It screams yes. <laughs> but I think it's a wishful thing. And my head is saying no. Um, the Pats have been prior to inconsistent. Even, even before the break. Um, I, I can't prove it. I can't say it. Like, maybe, look, it's... Um, Dublin Derby's always a tough one, you know, like it's in Richmond Park and form, even generally form goes, I find uh, in some derbies form goes out the window anyway. But it's in behind closed doors, look, anything can happen, but I don't think that Shamrock Overside is too strong at the moment. I think they're scoring like regular enough and they look great in the play, like they, they really, they're looking strong. And that was a good result they got there on Sunday against Derry City away from home. They came back from 1-0 down and they showed a bit of grit and they showed a bit of fight and determination that they had. And I just think they'll, they'll, have a, they'll have a little bit too much from the past scene that I've seen anyway. If, if they're going to set up the same way they've been setting up since since the, the return of football, I, I, I'd fancy Shamrock Rovers. Um, probably to get a tight win. I, I don't think the steamroll is impossible by any stretch of the imagination, but... I think we could be looking at a 2 0 victory or something for Sean McRoberts, which unfortunately kills me to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, as you said, at the weekend, Sean McRoberts had a, a, a very impressive, dogged win against Derry City. And here come Rovers again Jack Byrne, Graham Burke, pinging around, and Lopez! Two goals in four minutes, completely turning this game around. And Roberto Lopez with his second goal of the season. Latching onto that loose ball after Derry City failed to clear Graham Burke's cross. Derry won, Shamrock Rovers two. And Mo Salah scoring the second goal this year. Um, <laughs> you see the photo of that see, you put up? Yeah, <laughs> that, it was very funny. And now it's one of them things I was looking at myself, I was like, how did I never notice that? Especially now with the COVID. You have the COVID-19 haircut now and he's the image of him. But uh, I hate to say, I hate to be the the person that throws out cliches. But um, it was it was a illegal in a performance, wasn't it? Like one of them games where Rovers wasn't really like they wasn't dominating or on top of anybody any stretch of the imagination. But they still somehow they they grinded out a result, which is the sort of the results that win your leagues, anyway. Yeah, but I was looking at the game and comparing it to the St Pat's game, which obviously Derry have this now situation where they're doing this 4-4-2 or 4-5-1 it sometimes drops into and they're making it very hard sitting back just over their own halfway line and saying listen if you can get by us great we're, we're not going to come out and play we're, we're going to make sure it's tough it's hard for you to get through us and Pats hadn't got the answers the only thing was Shamrock Rovers do have the creative players to be able to get around you and, and work hard to uh, move that ball a lot quicker than St. Pat's. And in the end, a little bit of luck as well. I mean, I suppose the first goal from uh, Figuera from Derry City, there was a lot of luck to that. I mean, it was, a, it was definitely a cross that whipped into the back post yeah. and, and, and fortunately went in. But the goal from... Well, Williams was trying to claim it after coming off from the bench, but it smacked. Who was it? Harden? Who's that? Was that? Was it that? Who? Who was it that got smacked in the face with the ball that went into the goal? It was an OG, and then of course the winner from from Lopez, which which was a good goal. But you couldn't say that Rovers were 
all over them but it wasn't a game where you could be all over them it was a game where you had to be patient where you had to move the ball quickly and try and open them up and I'm actually a little bit disappointed with Derry City I th- a fair play to Rovers they did the job it was absolutely perfect they went 1-0 down they found a hard because they Derry City made a hard for them and they came out and they, and they got the result they wanted but Derry City is this the way that Derry City are going to go on for the rest of the year sitting back trying to counter-attack teams go 1-0 up and, and, and sit back it, it seems very defensive and yeah. probably not the best of use of the players that they have and not only that but not just Derry City that were used to it under Declan Devine either like, like Declan usually has been playing decent football and if, look I, I, I don't think it's the best Derry City squad um, ever like, like it certainly isn't but it's not the best Derry City squad even in the, in recent years but there's a lot of good technical players uh, in that team that they can get the ball down and they can play better football. Like like I said, like, like the best game wasn't go off as watching them play Pats and they were like a very rigid and a very compact uh, Derry City side which we're not used to seeing. Um, look, if it gave it walks and it gets them results, I'm sure the fans won't mind too much but it's certainly not, it's certainly not the best Derry City teams we're watching now the past couple of years. Like, yeah, it's a strange one. Both look, it's it's a system that could work and it, and it could get them into a European place, which is going to be tight this season, the shorter season. Yeah, I, I have a very good feeling in my mind that they they won't be getting the third place spot. I just think now, and especially after the result at the weekend, bowls with an absolute cracking result against Dundalk at home and they just look fresher and more energised than Derry at the moment and I just think Derry will have the players that will get them that fourth position and, and into Europe and you know I, th- I do think that they'll, they'll get there but I just don't think I think I think Bowes are, are, are the better of the two at the moment Yeah look, we've, we've said a couple, of, a couple of weeks now since we started on the podcast that it's a two horse race and then you have to look of right, who's the third horse who's, who's, the, who's the horse that looks the best besides the obvious Shamrock Rose and Dark I know you have to agree with it 100% from what I've seen in the past couple of weeks, it's Bohemians. Like he looks sharp. Like Keith, Keith Lawn's a fantastic manager, and he has a very good squad there. But he has been playing sharp football. He has been playing quick. Like I thought, he completely outclassed on dog, which really surprised me. Yeah. I, I, I thought, I thought he might have got a draw out of that game at most. But I was pleasantly surprised at how he played on the day. Like I thought, it was. It was just great to watch, and just refreshing to watch somebody actually having a goal with on dog and. It was, it was just really, really a well-deserved result and a well-deserved three points that has put them back on the back foot big time in the point race. Yeah, I thought Keith Buckley was outstanding in the game. He broke yeah. up absolutely everything. I know he chipped in with goals and you always see this where someone who scores a goal gets is up for the man in the match, but Buckley was all over the pitch. He broke everything up. He's a he's a good player, Captain. Another lad for me, why, why would I just give him someone a little shout-out? Uh, I am loving watching Chris Twardick at, um, at Bohemians like seeing him at Sligo Rovers last season and he was a game enough lad he was, he was a decent player and that's all I've seen him as a decent player I thought he went to Bohemians and he might like you know be he might be uh, make some cameo appearances off the bench but he's been outstanding since since he made the move to Bohemians and again I, like, like, yeah I, I'd agree with you but for me Twardek was the one uh, against Dundalk that really stood out and really really impressed like everything 
everything's tackling saying they go through him like pace like it's, it's fantastic they watch for a big lad and his end product isn't too bad either No we have three ties in the FAI Cup uh, tonight at the weekend Cork were playing Waterford and uh, again a, a forgettable match uh, you know nil nil I'm looking at Waterford tonight. They were playing Dundalk. That doesn't seem to be much teeth to their attack. They're decent. They get on the ball. They pass it around. And when they hit the final third, there's just no teeth to them. And we said about Cork. I don't even know how much we're going to talk about Cork this year because there's not a lot to talk about at the moment. And maybe Neil Fenn will change that around. But yeah, nil-nil at the weekend seems to be the result that you're going to expect from these two teams uh, for the rest of the season, uh, scrapping away for the points. Is there any glimmer of hope for these two teams to, you know, boost themselves and get up that table? Um, no. Uh, I think, look, I think Walker would be okay. I think they'd be safe. I think they have, they have enough enough in the squad. They have, like, they have lads like Michael O'Connor who will get you a goal. Cordes Bourne came in. He will get you a goal too. Even guy like Brian Murphy in goal is, I think, is a very good key. But I thought Tyree Wilson at the back is a, is a good defender. I think there's enough, if you could say, quality in, in the team that he have to fight off relegation. But yeah, like I said, he's probably been one of the more boring teams to watch for a, a lack of a better team. Like get a lot of games like that. There's no like pizzazz. There's no energy going forward. There's no even like it's it's not even long ball football, isn't it? It's just it's just sit back and see what we can get and we're not even they're not even breaking with any pace or urgency or anything and it's like I think yeah I think a lot of the games especially with Waterford we're going we're gonna to see is low score and games but as for Cork I'd be very worried as a Cork City fan like club with a lot of history a lot of recent history too but it's it's just it's very deflating to watch I have to say like, like I know like Cork like you know it's, it's such a big city in the in the country a great fan base to come out and support in their numbers, but yeah, the 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 Cork City favour will you know, have a lot to show about this year. I think it'll be between themselves and Finn Harps for the automatic uh, relegation zone. And yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be obviously probably the Cork City other team to, to go to go down straight away without the playoffs. Yeah, and that's especially when you have a look around at Sligo Rovers farm, and they had a good win at the weekend. People basking in the sunshine. There are some 50 spectators permitted to under the course the set attendance under the uh, COVID protocols. Here's Ryan DeVries, perhaps an early opportunity for Sligo as he skips into the box, checks and knocks it in. And it's headed in. What a start for Sligo Rovers. And Jesse Devers with a deft header makes it 1-0 Sligo inside 30 seconds. Yeah, Sligo winning 2-1 again. Two, two wins in a row, Nathan. And Liam Buckley looks like well, at the moment, Liam Buckley looks like he could even get them to Europe. All of a sudden, things are very rosy in the garden, aren't they? <laughs> like, just a team that uh, before the break was like rock bottom of the table with zero points and only one goal from open play. And all of a sudden, they're, they're looking okay. They're not like, again, probably not the most um, fun side to watch, but. They're getting results. They're growing that results. I thought they were a better team against Shelbourne. I was watching the game. I thought, I thought they well deserved the victory. I thought they were doing pretty well. Um, and another positive is they're starting to score goals. Like yeah, two goals against is, is decent Shelbourne. It's yeah, all signs are looking good. And 
like you said, all of a sudden they they're not looking down, they're not looking off the shoulder, they're looking ahead of them and saying, okay, well, St. Pat's are, are they're pretty inconsistent. Derry City aren't aren't playing the way that we all expect them to play. Game on now, like they're going to start putting pressure on the, on the teams ahead of them, and as well they have they have a good um. A great player in junior it's still to come into the team so if he can, if he can get hit the ground running and start adding to the goal all of a sudden like what, what was looking like a disaster season for, Sham- for Sligo Rovers excuse me um, is looking much more positive and could end in European football they might they might be lacking a little something to make the final push but yeah like I, I had them as Lily Dillon coming in into the return of football but definitely proved wrong by the performances and by the attitude of the players and it, it looks like it's Liam Buckley's side again that's the thing the one thing I was surprised about when Liam Buckley went into the job Sligo he, he just he had Sligo playing a lot of long, long balls and a lot of hoops up to Romeo Parks last season which look it worked in, in some ways but he has been playing decent football. He has like there's not a lot of superstars in the team, but there's a couple of decent lads. Like he has a uh, Will Seymour in the middle, who I think is a fine play, fine looking player. He looks from what I've seen of him. You want Noel Moore hands in the team too. He looks like a very good prospect. So I think if he can get Junior into that squad and he can start adding, adding more goals, yeah, it, it seems a bit red. We're happy yeah. uh, with how the season finished. Yeah, and they have a game in hand of Derry City. So if they win that game in hand, which is against Waterford, of course, they would go two points clear. They'd be only a point behind St. Pat's in with who are on ten points at the moment. Uh, they'd be into uh, sixth place, and it would really. It only takes. We said this before. It's a short season. It only takes three or four wins in a row, and you can push you up, or three or four losses in a row, and push you down, and you're gone, and you've no time to catch up. So it's, it'll be a really interesting last few weeks of this season. The FAI Cup was on tonight. Dundalk were playing Waterford. You watching that one, Nathan? I was doing it. I was actually doing triple duty tonight. <laughs> I had the two uh, the two FAI Cup games on, and then I had a bit of an interest in the Europa League, so I had that on. Um, I didn't even know I had a tablet, and I just had that on the on a tablet that I found in the drawer. <laughs> so I was there. Uh, I was watching the most extreme game of tennis. But yeah, I, I got a. Uh, I got, I got a decent watch of the Dundalk game. It was what it was. It wasn't the most exciting game to watch. Um, it's a nice bounce back for Dundalk. I think if they, if they got knocked out with a cup by Waterford, it would have been a disaster week for everybody at, at Dundalk. Decent Sean Hall header for the goal. and Look, they'll go in. They'll, they'll have to wait now for tomorrow to see who he's getting the next round of in the draw. But it's a game they're really expecting to win, wasn't it? And it's, it, look, it was what it was. It, it was. There was nothing to really... To, to take away from it, it's just you got the, you got a decent enough win in in a cup game. That's all that matters really at this stage in the FA Cup. It's just winning the games and getting through. Yeah, Cork City also got through after extra time, one nil uh, home to Longford Town, and of course Nathan Pat's knocked out by Finn Harps, and uh, there was a few changes. I think there was I think there was I think there was five changes for Pat's. Do you think that? Um, had an effect on the team or is that just an excuse? Um, look, like, you're going to have to make changes in this short season. You can't just go out all going to hold the best team for every game, especially like in cup games, you know, like we're expecting a couple of changes. And it's not as if they're poor um, players that are coming in either. No, like, 
like it's Pat's squad. Like it, look, it is what it is. It's, it's probably a mid-table squad, and the the changes that he made were they were they were fine. There's a couple of decent players it, it, like that he that he took on. The one for me that like stood out in a bad way was uh, was probably Connor Cairns and goal, which is a shame for the lad. You know he's making his competitive debut by St. Pat's and he just looks ropey. He looked like looked uneasy, and and any time he had the ball at his feet, I felt uneasy watching him. And there's one or two like obviously there's a mix up at the back for the for the goal, but even away from that, there was moments where he had the ball at his feet and it's just like oh quick, give it away, give it away, just just get rid of it. And you don't want that from your goalkeeper. Like I'm not going to be judging the lad and saying he's not good enough. He's only played one game. We'll have to wait and see. But he was the one that stood out for me in a way, in a, in a bad way. And it's, it's not what you want to see from your goalkeeper at all. Finn Harps, Mark Coyle talked after the game. Mark, we're into the last 16 of the cup. Um, I'm sure, it's a big relief to to get the show on the road and get motoring again. Ah, definitely. Uh, I suppose we've been very disappointing for the first three games coming back a bit of a lull but probably the break didn't help us because we actually were in a wee bit of we started off well and then then first three games back weren't good enough so I suppose it was good to get, actually get a good performance tonight and get a one I know it's not uh, we're in the next round which is good but I know the league's the main thing so again it's no good now if we do go back and play poor again this Saturday so hopefully we push on from here I'm sure it's good for the confidence and we'll be really looking to build on this now on Saturday against Bulls. No, definitely. As I said, like, we definitely needed that one. Hopefully now we got that one here today and we played well. So there's no reason it doesn't give us the confidence now to go on and actually get a few results. Yeah, uh, gone. So that's it. Second round, everyone else got a boy and, and, and that draw will be made soon. First division, Nathan. Cabin Teeley still top. Yeah, uh, fair play. Like, it's... Uh, it's it's something that we we thought it might fizzle out, but so far so good. We haven't fizzled out at all. Uh, wasn't probably wasn't the best result for them, like a nil all draw away from Wexford, uh, to Wexford. But like you said, they hold the they hold the top position, and they'll just have they'll have to keep going the way they're going. Like they, they probably could have been getting that they could have won that Wexford team hasn't gone to be up to too much this season, but. That's probably been a little harsh now. It's probably been a, bit, a little bit too critical on Cabin TV. But yeah, there seems to be a decent togetherness about the team, doesn't there? There's a couple of good young lads in the team there. Like, um, like you, have, you have Kevin Knight and um, Byron's up top. And even I like the look of uh, all Max Phillips and stuff. Like, there's a couple of decent lads in the team that could go on. And, and you never know. They could hold on. Like, I think I think you might get into the player position. But who knows? Especially with, with Drotter, uh, dropping some points in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, well, Wexford, I mean, they've lost, they've lost one game so far. So that they'll be tricky enough, you know, when when you're playing them. So listen, any points are are is a is a good result. Drogheda are on ten points, Longford behind on ten points. So just three points behind, uh, Cabin Teeley. and of course the results over the weekend. Longford, I mean, you're expecting them to be at loan, and they did be at loan. Uh, Galway again struggling uh, two all draw against Cove as we said Wexford and Cabin Teeley was nil nil UCD showed Shamrock Rovers too uh, who uh, who were the boys and who were the men and of course Drogheda had a great win against Beret 3-1 yeah it's shaped up nicely like um, the fourth division is always an interesting league like now there's always some, there's always nearly four five teams that you could Theoretically, see going up to the the Premier Division, so it's always tight, but it's going to be even like you keep saying it. 
but it's true like sometimes you know that the obvious things to say are the right things it's going to be even tighter this season with short with the shorter league like if Kevin Teeley can just go on a, on a decent run and even like just hold on to points and win games like you never know like we, we could see Kevin Teeley win the league and go straight up even though as much as the all team Drotter will do it or, and possibly Longford like you really never know and like it's it's a lot of good, decent young players in that squad that you wish them the best, and it'd be it'd definitely it'd be, it'd be fresh. It'd be a fresh team to see in the, in the Premier Division, and it'd be certainly something that I'm sure a lot of uh, League of Ireland fans wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah, well, there's uh, a couple of games over the weekend. The First Division, Cabinteely are playing Cove at home. Uh, Galway, Longford, Athlone, Drogheda, Bray, UCD, which would be an interesting game, and Shamrock Rovers and Wexford. But then on the Monday night, Cabin Teeley are away to Longford, Drogheda are a home to Galway, UCD and Athlone, Cove, Wexford and Bray, Shamrock Rovers too. So it'll be an interesting game, Longford, Cabin Teeley at the weekend, and we'll see how they fare out with that and, and, and can they keep getting those points under the belt uh, maybe not the Leicester City fairy tale but you, you know you never know what could happen here ok Nathan uh, we have a new segment it's uh, the fan question segment uh, introduce it yeah we just thought you know like a lot of like what we want for this show as you said if, like, there's a lot of plenty of fan engagement so we're encouraging fans to send in WhatsApp voice notes on certain topics. We want to hear your opinion, though. Like it's, it's a it's a show run by fans for the fans. Another cliche and full of tonight. Full of cliches tonight, right? But so one thing I thought it'd be nice to do was you now we take in maybe two or three questions from fans at the end of the show. Just like have you been up little discussions and like some of them, you know, are soft questions. Some of them are are very interesting that we you never know we get the yellow the, the brains walking so we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll start off and um, even for next week's show if anybody listening in would like to send in questions uh, you can do so even you, you can send them in um, when we upload the podcast you can comment on any of our social media um, League of Ireland post with questions for next week's show I'll be I'll scan through and have a look and um yeah, we pick out the best two or three, read them at the end of the show. Yeah, and of course, so, if you want to uh, send in any voice messages that we will play on, on the podcast, anything that's bothering you about a club, uh, anything, a subject that you think should be brought up, something, the player that you feel is, n- is not putting his weight in, whatever it is about the club that you love, you can send a voice message on to us, we'll play it and we'll discuss it as well. So we're, the big kickoff is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and uh, yeah you can contact us in those ways so Nathan fire away perfect so uh, a fourth question is from Thomas Kelly Thomas was on snow who was your soft spot team for what team in the League of Ireland in the Premier Division or the fourth division do you have a soft spot for that you might like you don't support but you have a little a little liking for them for some reason that's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to let you do that one first. <laughs> you know what? I have to look. I, ha- I have to be diplomatic about this. My girlfriend is a Sligo girl. Our father is a Stone Sligo over supporter. They listen to the show. Um, so I'm going to have to go with Sligo over for this one just because, you know, I'm whipped. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's, it's a diplomat. It's not the most exciting answer, but I'll go with Slides of Always. No, you're afraid, you're, because you're, afraid just, you're going to get there. Just because it's. Look, man needs to be fit. And 
it, 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 it's an answer from the heart. So, yeah, I'll go with Sligo over somewhere just purely because I'm afraid of it for anybody else. The repercussions are not worth it. Um, mine, there is no reason for this apart from I just love the place, but Galway United was always some some. Galway is a, a place I love. I love Galway City. Yeah. I love the ambience, the the people, the the, the the international feel that does be around there with all the tourists. And even though I'm not saying Galway sent me a light in football, and I, it was just always a soft spot that I, I always wanted them to do well. And generally, they haven't done that great. But that's yeah, I'd say that I have a soft spot for Galway. I wouldn't mind seeing them doing well. Yeah, I agree. I, I always say Galway is the best, the best spot in, in Ireland just for you and just for the people. And yeah, even away from the football, yeah, Galway is just a fantastic place. So big up to all of our Galway fans out there listening. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. Second question is uh, from Carl Deegan. This is an interesting one. Uh, it's, it might get a bit of a little quick topic going. Carl asks, how do you think Finnehouse manager Oli Horgan would get on at a, would, would deal at a club with a decent League of Ireland budget or was the likes of Finn Harps his level? Ooh. That is a tough one. In all fairness, Oli is doing uh, an amazing job up in Finn Harps. And one of the things I like about Oli is there's no excuses. He he puts his head down. He does he's a bit like for me if you're going to compare it to England, Sean Deutsch, where there's no messing, it's just get the job done, get the players in, you work hard and and that's it. And do I think he could do a, a better job? I, I definitely think Sean Deutsch could do a job with a bigger club. So I've, I have no reason why Oli could, couldn't do a job at a better club with a better budget. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I 100% agree that he could. Yeah, look, I think it's a tough one. Like, uh, I'm only saying that because like Finn Harps is, is his first League of Ireland job. You know, we went in at 2013, and it's, it's like all we know what he's talking for is Finn Harps manager. Like, we can't say, oh, well, he done this at Shamrock Rovers, or he done this at some dark. Like, so it's hard to sort. Of, we've no sort of like previous blueprint to go off because he's just been the Finn Harps manager since 2013, and he he, he think he was like Republic of Ireland schoolboy manager and stuff before that. Um, so it is tough to go off. Like, like I always just, I can never see Ollie Horgan in your head being anything but the Finn Harps manager. Because I just think him and Finn Harps suit each other so well. Like, they're just, like I said, there's no nonsense, no excuses. Not the most glamorous team to watch, but just, they just seem to complement each other so well with, like, their robust style and their, the, the dogged performances. And, like, every year they seem to be scrapping and fighting to stay in the league. and I just, I just think they see complement each other so well. So I'd hate to see like Hogg go go somewhere. Like I like Hogg. I think Ollie Hogg is a decent manager. So I'd hate to see him take a step up and just be eating life. So uh, uh, for now, I like just the idea of Ollie Hogg and being the fin half manager. Of course, you never be good anybody taking a step up. But I just, yeah, I just like the idea of the two of them together. I just think it's. It just both suit us down to the ground. Yeah, no, yeah, and that very may be, but in all fairness, he's only been there, so he can't do anything about that apart from do the job that he's doing. And the thing is, it's it's like that ad that's back out again that that was out in the eighties or nineties. It's uh, it's the back of beyond, you know. It's 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 just 
out of the way and people aren't always going to go. Players are going to look for the Dublin clubs and the big clubs and they they'll find they find it harder than most to get the players in that they would need and I suppose they have to try and develop the players up there to uh, represent and, and, that, and that's a little bit then and you've got a little bit of the tribal thing. I know now there's a, a couple of foreigners I think playing there but I would definitely think that if he went to another club with the fight and determination and the work rate and the honesty that his team give, that if he had a bit of quality that he could get the players um, in. I suppose it's a bit like Sunderland and Newcastle. Again, I'm always referring back to the, the English thing, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way to look at it that if you it's look at those teams, knows, yeah. yeah, people, they're not going to win things because they can't get the players to go there and Finn Harps are going to struggle unless they get a good batch of young players that all come in together that they've developed up there. And I think if, if Ollie went elsewhere, I do think he'd do a good job. I really do. I think if you if you can get the most out of of players who are you know good solid pros, I think if you if you get there's quality there around those, and you're able to have a little budget there that can that can get the the Jack Bournes and stuff like that. I can't see why you couldn't do a job. Absolutely. Next. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll do one more to finish up, will yeah. we? Yeah. A final question again. Thanks to everybody for sending them in. Um, we'll get as much different variety, like with fans and different people, each week if we can. But a final question is from Sandra Troy. So thanks, Sandra, for sending this question in. Another good one. Uh, what young player in the fourth division would you love to see in the Premier Division? So any young player in the fourth division that you think would would make a step up to the Premier Division and not just become, you know, like a bit player in the teams, in a Premier Division team? That's a good question, isn't it? That is a good yeah. question. Yeah, it is. Um, got the good ones my fourth week, I suppose, if you really look at it, I, I've, there's one player and he, and he hasn't, and, and he hasn't broke in and this is a real cop-out from me, but, um, Liam Scales isn't getting in at Rovers, he's in Shamrock Rovers too. At the moment, he can't get a game at Rovers. I think he's wasted there. I think he's a great centre half. Yeah. I think there's other clubs who would who who could take him, who would take him. I'm surprised that the likes of Dundalk and 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 Derry, maybe even Pats, haven't gone from there. Especially now, since he's just you know warming the bench. And who wants to be playing for Shamrock Rovers too? In all fairness, it's great for your development, but Scales is more than. He's past the development stage, if you know what I mean. He should be getting in there and getting game time. I just don't see, I can't understand how he can be happy with that, you know. And if if that's the way he is now, why wouldn't, why is it going to change any different unless someone leaves now uh, after, you know, after this season? So, yeah, I'd like to see him in a different team and shown the potential he has because I, I actually think he's, He's got a lot about him, and and I think he could be even better than League of Ireland. Yeah, I, I have to, I'm a big fan of Liam Scales. I mean, he left the UCD to go go to Shamrock Rovers. I was lucky; you can see why he done it. But I was, I was surprised, and I was a bit disappointed too because I could see this coming. I was like, God, that's not the club the, the, the guy should be going to for his development and for regular football in uh, the Premier Division. Like it was never, this was never going to happen. Like as good as he was, like that, he was just never going to get in ahead of like likes of uh, Lopez and Grace. It was just it was a shame. Like I know, like I said, he's, he's mostly playing down the Shamrock Rovers too. 
with that line there's a lot of attention and a lot to offer like yeah who uh, you anyone that but, stands out for yourself oh yeah and you know it's 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 one that is very early in his, in his development but I really like the look of uh, Brandon Birmingham down in Drogheda. Like, maybe we could see him next season in the Premier Division too, like, so a little bit of a cop out uh, by the tail of it, but I just like the look for him, like, this is four sort of seasons breaking in, he's, I think he's great, like, the Bohemians, whether it's uh, underage level, mm. and then he made the move to Drogheda, like, he's only 18, but this, this young lad has a lot of ability, like, and he's, and he's scored a couple of goals now, he's only made a handful of appearances, like, so it's very, very early in his, um, in his career, so like this, this could go one way or the other. Like this guy could come up to the to the Premier Division and just it might not happen for him. Or we could come up with the next best, next young superstar. Like I said, he's only eighteen. Have a hear. He's only made four appearances, so it is very early in his development. Um, but early signs, this lad is a cracking player, and really he's the one that I've I've seen play and and thought, yeah. It's, it's just you know when you see a young lad and it just you know there's just that little something different and he just he, he just seems to have it. So yeah, my show will be uh, Brandon Birmingham for young players I'd like to see in the Premier Division. Yeah, and he's, and he, might, he, might he scored an absolute screamer there the other day. That, was that against Shamrock Rovers too? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, an absolute screen. I think they yeah, got, yeah, yeah, it's come back. Yeah, it was, That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, an, an, another good player. So, yeah, thanks very much for the questions. That's um, we want as many as we can, and again, not just your questions, but your thoughts as well. So, uh, make this your show, make this your segment, and give yourselves a voice out there. Nathan, thanks very much, and we'll talk to you again yeah, next week. Brilliant.